In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. A blessed Palm Sunday to all of you, and a blessed start to Holy Week. It was and has been out of fashion for some time to proclaim what we all know to be true, that the wrath of God is coming upon the world. The prophet Isaiah writes, Behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The prophet Zephaniah writes, In the fire of his jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. For a full and sudden end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. And King David tells us, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. So much preaching in the church fails to even mention sin, the ways in which man has offended God, to say nothing of the profound depths of perversion and wickedness to which man has sunk. Thus also there is a failure to speak of the truly just and righteous anger that God feels. God is not to be feared, we're told. He isn't really the wrathful type. He's been misunderstood. Some even go so far as to say that the Old Testament God was fire and brimstone, but since then he's learned his lesson. What an atrocious thing to say. Yet John the Baptist, our Lord Jesus, and St. Paul all warn us of the wrath that is to come. They make no apologies for God, nor are they embarrassed in the least. It isn't man who is in the right. It is God who is in the right, and man is without excuse. The preaching of God's coming judgment and man's accountability to God is thoroughgoing in both the Old and New Testaments. How many parables does Jesus himself tell in which there is a day of judgment or reckoning, a day on which an account of one's deeds, one's stewardship must be given? So St. John writes, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And really, even if the scriptures didn't tell us this, our own hearts would. God is good, and that is precisely why evil offends him. God is love, and that is precisely why he's going to bring all evil to an end. God is just, and that is why great and small will stand before him and be judged. The only problem is that there is none who is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, no, not even one. That too is what God's word says. And again, even if God didn't tell us this outright, in our hearts we would already know. Our own hearts excuse us and accuse us. We have all offended ourselves our own consciences. 
How much more have we offended against the purity and goodness of God? Which person has his entire life prayed as he ought? Or given due honor to preaching and God's word? Who has submitted himself at all times to parents and other authorities? Who has kept his heart from despising others? Who has led a completely pure and decent life in terms of his sexuality? Who has not looked out for his own interest at the expense of another? Who has not lied in order to make himself look better than he really is? Who has not schemed to get that which God has not given? There is none who is righteous, no, not one. And God's judgment will be so just, so fair, and so correct that man will have no choice but to agree with him on all counts. For we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But apart from his coming in judgment, in true justice, and thus also in rightful wrath and anger, there is another way in which he comes first. And that is what we hear about and indeed celebrate today. He comes to us in humility, in meekness, and in mercy. And that is why we behold today the mystery and image of our Lord riding upon a donkey as he enters Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, the prophet says, humble and mounted on a donkey. It's a mystery because there's more here than meets the eye. His humble entry into Jerusalem encapsulates the entire essence of his first coming. He comes not in terror as the king of kings, not with eyes as flames or with a fiery sort of judgment in his hand, not with a war horse flanked by fierce and warlike angels. At this first coming, he comes for sinners. He comes in meekness, not to frighten us, but to draw us all to himself, not to judge but to forgive, not to show wrath, but to show mercy, not to condemn us, but to save us from our sins so that we might escape that wrath which is to come. In his riding upon the donkey, we glimpse the mystery of his incarnation, how he came down from heaven quietly and in humility, conceived in the womb of a virgin and born under the law, that he might fulfill it for us. We glimpse the mystery of his meekness, how he endured the abuses of those who despised him, mocked him, contradicted and rejected him from the very start. And yet he responded to them with patient teaching and with words meant only for their eternal good. We glimpse also the mystery of his passion, how he who rode upon the donkey into Jerusalem did so knowing full well that he was going there to be judged 
by man to be falsely condemned, to be scourged with whip and rod, to be tortured with thorns and nail, to be spat upon, struck, crowned with thorns, and finally to be hung naked upon a Roman cross to the delight and open mockery of his enemies. And yet all of this he endured for us, that by the shedding of his innocent and holy blood, he might cleanse us from our sins. The blood of God poured out for man, that man might be redeemed. Here is something more powerful than all the evil you have done. Yes, more powerful than all the collective evil of mankind and unclean spirits combined. The blood of God is poured out in atonement. On the cross, divine justice is fulfilled and divine forgiveness flows from the cross to the baptismal font and from the cross to the chalice that the sins which would rightly damn us would be washed away and that our damnation would be justly undone. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In his humble entry into Jerusalem, riding upon a donkey, we glimpse, too, the way in which he continues to come to us in meekness and mercy. Under lowly bread and lowly wine, he comes graciously to sinners and gives himself to us. He pardons our iniquities, present tense. He remembers our sins no more. He gives us the cup of his forgiveness and fills us not with foreboding, but with a foretaste of everlasting joy. So there are two comings. His coming in wrath at the end and his coming in mercy now. Receive him in his mercy now and you will not receive him in his wrath then. This is the completely simple and straightforward message of Christianity and of Palm Sunday. Before he comes in wrath, he comes in mercy. Before he comes in glory, he comes in humility. Before he comes upon the clouds in wrath against all evil, he comes riding upon the donkey to win forgiveness for man. If you receive him as he comes in mercy, you will have no need to fear him when he comes in wrath. For the very one who will judge you on that day is the very one whom you've confessed your sins to already, and he has forgiven the iniquity of your sin. Indeed, we come to his holy table this very morning in great reverence, we come to his table as if coming to the final judgment so that when we go to the final judgment, it will be as if, as if we are going to his table. He doesn't say one thing here at his table and another thing at his judgment seat. He doesn't lie or deceive or change his mind. At his table, he says, for you, for the forgiveness of your sins, 
and he places his own chalice to your lips, cleansing you with his own precious blood, cleansing you with that which is greater than all evil. And so it will be when you come to him on the last day. So far does he remove your sins from you. You will only hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. As 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says, We are waiting for God's Son, uh, from whom he raised the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And as 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says, For God has not appointed us to suffer wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as Romans 5.9 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from wrath through him? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.